Hello and welcome to the All Things Lead podcast or the ATL podcast. It's episode 7. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and uh, listening and downloading. Hope you're all well. If you haven't heard me before, I am Ed, founder and creator of All Things Lead. And as always, I am joined by Charles Foster. How are you, Charles? I'm doing all right, mate. Apart from all the, uh, all the lead stuff, but we'll get on to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a good week apart from all the lead stuff. Um, yeah, it's been all right. Yeah, fine on this early morning, early start today. Uh, I'm tired, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll crack on. Uh, well, it, it's been a disappointing week, uh, past week for Leeds United. I think it's fair to say, losing out on the sign of Dan James from Swansea and then losing 3-1 at home to promotion rivals Norwich, dropping to second in the table. We'll be going over all that. And it's also been a better week, though, for Leeds United and 23s. Um, they drew 2 all away at Birmingham on Saturday. Izzy Brown getting on the score sheet again with a last-minute equaliser. Uh, is it time for him to be involved in first team? We'll be discussing that. And then, to finish off, as always, we'll be previewing Leeds United's next game where they take on Middlesbrough at the Riverside on Saturday lunchtime. All this is coming up. Well, a lot of depressing stuff to talk about, really, um, in this podcast, and it may only be a very, very short one, so we'll apologise in advance if it's not going to be an hour long, uh, but we'll go in chronological order, shall we, um, and start with the absolute shambles that happened on transfer deadline day last Thursday. So Leeds United, of course, linked with 21-year-old Welsh winger Daniel James, who currently plays at Swansea City and does still play for Swansea City. Uh, negotiations throughout the month went right until the last day. I mean, probably Leeds United's fault there leaving it till the last day you say that but these things don't just happen in over 24 hours I can't, I can't imagine Rajazani phoned, um, phoned Swansea on the 30th of January and just went can we have Dan James it'll have been going on for a couple of weeks trying to get it over the line but Swansea didn't want to lose him in the first place and um, as, as it went on they were increasingly desperate to keep him the more the interest kind of went, went up from Leeds' end um, the reason it fell through I reckon is the former chairman who's since resigned he resigned 48 hours after the transfer window shut Hugh Jenkins he, he didn't want to lose the because uh, oh, they, were, they were losing Montero weren't they? they were losing Leroy Fur, they were losing Daniel James and uh, the play, the players weren't happy about it. one of the Swansea players tweeted that he wasn't happy about it and then deleted it immediately so you can tell they were they were fuming about it yeah so he he, he didn't want to lose the players but the Swansea owners I think wanted to sell the players because They've got a bad owner situation over there, and we all know, we know all about bad owner situations. Yeah, uh, but theirs is theirs is kind of like in between. Like if ours is, if ours is ours was bad, and Blackpool's is horrendous. Theirs is kind of nah, not not as bad as either of them, but still fairly bad because they've got like American owners that never never invest in the the pile a lot of their debt into the club so um yeah their plan was to sell the players off and kind of basically just pump all the money back into their own pockets rather than the club yeah and the chairman's basically gone we're not we're not, we're not i'm vetoing this we're not selling them and uh, as since re- re- resigned for mysteriously unknown reasons yeah I, some will have phoned them and gone right You've you, you've you've wrecked this transfer window. You sacked. Yeah, that that really annoyed me seeing that news of a uh, Hugh Jenkins, their chairman, uh, resigning because 
he's just done all this. You know, the Levi Fair transfer that they were going to do, he was going to go to Aston Villa. That fell through as well at the last minute. We'll go on to how it all fell through. But, yeah, he's done all this, just messed up all these transfers and then just gone, oh, I've had enough, I'm just going to leave. Yeah, it'd be nice if he'd have resigned a few days earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, do you not feel as though Leeds United could have maybe tried to get a deal agreed a lot earlier in January or maybe highlighted other targets in case that one fell through? I think it possibly slightly naive on Regazzani's side not to recognise the kind of club, the kind of way that Swansea run, because they are run badly as a club. And that's yeah. not that's not me being bitter or anything like that. They are run badly as a club. The, the Swansea supporters would acknowledge that. So, yeah, you've got to... You don't think of that as much as a factor in transfers, but it is a massive factor. If, you, if you've got... If you're buying a player of a trustworthy owner of a, of a good club, you, you're never worried, are you? Whereas if, you, if you're buying a player off a temperamental owner from a dodgy club with strange finances, then things can go wrong, which you don't expect. So I think it's probably a lack of awareness by Rajazani about maybe Swansea's ownership problems. I guess also Rajazani's hands are tied really with Bielsa as the manager because he highlights plays that he wants and those are the only plays that he wants. And if you don't want anyone else, he's not going to say... Uh, yeah, just just bring someone in for the sake well, of it. From what I understand, Victor Orta kind of brings in kind of a list of, of, of 10 players based on what he asks for, and then Bielsa chooses from that list. I'm not sure Bielsa as much goes out, sends his scouts out. He might, he might do it a little bit, but I, I'm, I, I've, I've heard that it's basically Orta will bring in a, a list of players who, who, who suit the specifications, specifications <laughs> of, what, of what he's uh, asking for, and, and then he'll go, right, I like the look of this Daniel James kid. It looks like he's got what we need. Yeah, go out and get him. Yeah, and it, and just try get him. And if that falls through, then don't bother. Oh, Bielsa's a bit all or nothing, isn't he? In all aspects of his yeah. managerial career, yeah. he wants what he wants. Definitely saw that he really was interested in Dan James because the press conference where he revealed all the insight that he goes into managing teams about Spygate. There, there was a folder on his computer titled Dan James Swansea. Yeah. So you, you, that, if that highlights just how much Bielsa wanted him. Well, it proves it's also been a, a longer term thing than a couple of weeks. He's clearly wanted him for a while because that was yeah. a few weeks ago now. Yeah. Uh, well, as you highlighted, a deal was agreed between Leeds United owner Ramazani and the uh, Swansea City owner. Um, and James, he travelled up to Leeds. Um, he had a medical, passed a medical. I can't imagine a medical is the nicest thing to go through as a footballer. Um, and he agreed personal terms. And then Sky, Sky Sports, they actually filmed him walking into Ellen Road. And there were like cameras there as well, so I think it was either either we're getting a documentary made, or they were filming the uh, the uh, reveal video for Leeds United. Um, and yeah, so he went in Town Road and just basically just waited there for five hours, um, only to be told that at eleven o'clock, like, Swansea pulled the plug here, and it's just really really annoying. Swansea City just embarrassing themselves really. I mean, they they, they left they let it go so late on. They didn't even you know. You know, pick up the phone and say, "All right, we don't want this to go through." To just stop replying to messages, both from Leeds United and Aston Villa, it's embarrassing. No, it's a lack of class, is that? I mean, if you're gonna, if if a transfer is gonna fall through and you you're you, you don't want the player to leave, or and it's as a, as a, as the club selling the player, it's completely up to you to go. He's not for sale, but at least phone up and say you're not having him. Don't just let him sit there for hours and hours and hours. That's yeah. just disrespectful I mean, to the player and disrespectful to the club. You know, Dan James travelling up to Leeds. It's not a long. It's not a short journey. It's a very, very long journey. And he's gone through all this for medical, everything, agreeing terms, getting all filmed. Even Leeds United staff as well. I feel sorry for them. And you know, he's come up. You know, twenty-one-year-old Dan James thinks he's got his dream move to Leeds. You know, he's an orphan lad as well. He's got family up here. 
and he thinks he's got oh, he removed that he really wanted he could be playing Premier League football next season if we get promoted and then just to Swansea not even just to ring up and say I we, we don't want to do this let's just stop replying to messages it, it's just ridiculous and it, yeah for, for me they've just let themselves down uh, Leeds United down the player down yeah, let everyone down really I'd be surprised if I saw that he'd signed a new deal in the next few months if I'm yeah. being honest he's only got 18 months left on his contract he might want to. Th- he might just think I'm going to run this run this down until someone buys me. If he gets to the point where he's only got 12 months left, then people will come in with offers. Yeah. And there'll be offers a lot lower than what we were offering. Yeah. They'll be offering three or four million once he's on down to 12 months. Yeah. I mean, it's a mistake from Swansea as well because they could have got quite a lot from Leeds. You know, maybe not right right away, but then in the, in the summer when you know if we go up, um, which it, we do have a good chance of doing, then we buy him uh, buy him um, permanently. Uh, Swansea does just devalue James now as well, aren't they? Yeah, people are not going to want to come in for Swansea's players if they don't believe they're going to get Swansea's players. It's it's, yeah, it's all about transfer market is a lot a lot about trust for trust with concerning managers, concerning players, concerning clubs. If you don't trust another club to deliver or an, or an ownership to part with their money, then you're not going to deal with them. Yeah, they're, definitely. They're just they're they're shooting themselves in the foot really doing stuff like this because eventually people are going to go. Well, we're not going to deal with you. We're going to yeah. go somewhere else. But then also, it may put people off from getting Dan James as well because he, you know, before a deal was agreed between the two clubs, he's come up to Leeds, said that he wants to join Leeds, um, and he wants to leave Swansea and agree everything. It puts him in kind of a, a bad light, really, to to other clubs. I wouldn't say, and not personally. I don't think he would be looked upon personally with a, uh, badly by other clubs because it's not his fault that Swansea have allowed this to collapse. Although if clubs misinterpret it and, and think that he's just pulled out of it last minute, they might be a bit more sceptical. But I can't see a lot of people thinking that because all the evidence pointed to the fact that he wanted to come to Leeds and that the, the cl- his club just let him down. Yeah, uh, there's a big bridge to build now between Swansea and the players. Dan James and Levi Fur, who was going to go to Aston Villa, and then the same happened there, just stopped replying to messages. <laughs> um, so yeah, Swansea just being ridiculous here. But there's a big big bridges to build between not only the players but the agents as well because I think Dan James' agent came out the day after and said yeah, not happy with Swansea. Yeah, they do. Um, they take that with a pinch of salt though because he's just lost a lot of money by his, his player not moving clubs. But we know what agents are like. They're... They'll take any money that I can get. Yeah, they're... <laughs> if, if they see an offer of them getting quite a lot of money, they'll do all they can to convince the player are you moving even though it may not be the right call. They are greedy, ruthless kind yeah. of people at the best of times we, we possibly should have had backup backup signings um, maybe a couple of loan deals in the in the mill to uh, fall back on if the James deal fell through but you know what Bielsa's like he's not going yeah, to do stuff like that and James he wasn't involved in Swansea's next game uh, away at Bristol City they did lose that um, 2-0 I believe um, but yeah he wasn't involved there I mean Swansea City fans thinking that James is just going to come back do all they can you know scores goals get all of his assists and play well but it's not going to be like that you know he clearly wanted to leave and move to Leeds it's not going to be like it is going to be hard for, for Swansea to build that relationship back up with James James to really commit to Swansea for the rest of the season well he, he claimed in his hostage video which I'm going to keep referring to it as um, <laughs> he claimed in that video that um, he just he didn't feel he prepared, prepared properly for the game you know, at the weekend, because he'd obviously been up and down from Wales to Yorkshire, and it's it's about 200 miles from Swansea to Leeds, so he didn't feel he was physically ready to, to play. I I would... That's pro- probably true, but I think also the mental factor would kick in, although he claimed there, there was no mental factor, but given how disappointed his city's agent said he was, I can't see there not being a kind of a mental block there, at least yeah. for a couple of weeks. I'd be... 
I'd be interested to see if he was in the squad at the weekend. I expect him to be in their squad at the weekend, but not in the starting eleven. He'll make the bench, I reckon. Yeah, but it'll be just interesting to see how he plays. I mean, the future for him, I think we uh, just went over this. You know, it's, it's contract. He probably won't sign a new one. He probably will leave Swansea at the end of his contract. And can you see Leeds coming com- going back for him in the summer? Honestly, no. I can't see that happening. I mean, I think if we may- remain in the championship, then we may. And we might do, but I think if we do get promoted to the Premier League, then I think definitely not. Well, I think we're going to attract a. I don't know, I mean, no disrespect to but I think we're going to attract a, a better, more experienced kind of player once we're in the Premier League. And I also think that Rajazani and Victor Ora, especially, are quite emotional blokes. They are. Obviously, they're very professional when they get interviewed and stuff like that, but you've seen Orta, he gets uh, uh, a little bit. <laughs> he's got angry with transfers in the past. I remember with Joseph Oon from Derby, you know, we were trying to sign him. Yeah. He wasn't from Derby at the time, he was from Brentford, but he went to Derby. And we were trying to sign him, and at the last minute, he cancelled his medical and went to Derby. And uh, Victor Orta apparently smashed all of them up our phones. <laughs> so, um, you, I mean, you saw him in the stand when we equalised against Brentford when he, uh, he I think he bumps broke a seat um, and he was bouncing around with Rajazani in the stand so they're quite emotional lads yeah. which you like, you like to see passion but yeah. he, he doesn't seem like the kind of bloke that would take that kind of thing lightly And yeah, uh, I, he, I, I imagine he, he won't have a problem with Daniel James but he'll have a problem with um, Swansea Swansea's David. ownership they're, they're all the people on, the, on their board so yeah. I, don't, I can't see he's going back in for him on that basis. Yeah, neither can I. We've actually been linked with another winger, haven't we? Uh, Avin Lennon. I don't know how uh, how true those reports are, but we've been linked with a move for Avin Lennon in the summer. I don't think that's the kind of player we need. Uh, if we do get promoted to the Premier League, I think someone a bit bit faster, maybe. Oh, Avin Lennon was ridiculously fast in his day, but he's... Yeah. he's um, He's not a spring chicken anymore. No, he's not, but he's experienced. He knows the league. He knows the league intimately. And he knows out, he's, he's an out-and-out winger, and he can do a job. Yeah, And he's Leeds as well. Yeah, he's he's from Leeds. Um, but he's only just signed for... Is it, is it, is it Everton or Burnley? I think we're Burnley. Is it Burnley? Yeah. Uh, he's, also, he's only been there about 18 months, so, and I imagine he'll sign more than a two-year deal. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we've missed out on Dan James big time, though? Final question on this. Do you think we missed out on him for the rest of the season? Do you think we'll, we'll miss that? You know, If we did bring him in, do you think he would have made a big impact? Um, I mean, it's what's about Ian hypotheticals at this point, but it, it's always nice to have another option on the wing. It would have meant that we'd have to play Hernandez for as many games because Pablo does get tired. The man, the man's thirty-three. He's playing professional football at a, it's a good level as a championship. So, and we are short of proper wingers. We don't have many of them. Clark's arguably our only proper winger at the club. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can say Harrison, but um, he's not quite as effective as going round players as Clark yeah. is. Ali Oscar's now moved to left back. Um, I mean, definitely, you know, could have done with him, and you know. He, uh, no doubt that he would have helped us on to try and get that promotion. Um, we could have done with him on Saturday, though. Really disappointing last Saturday, wasn't it? I mean, Leeds United <laughs> losing 3-1 against Norwich City. Promotion rivals Norwich City. I mean, you build a game up so much, so much hype going into it, and then yeah, that happens. <laughs> Just disappointing. Yeah, the we were actually pretty good in the first half, which is why it annoyed me so much we were 2-0 Do think, down. Do you think? I, I don't think we were. We could... The, 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 the first kind of 20 minutes or so, we created so many chances we didn't score. So many we that went just off target or... I don't think, I don't think we were. Sh- straight at Cruel. There were, a lot, there were a lot of shots that were straight at Cruel. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of shots from outside the box and none of them really troubling Cruel at all. Cruel had a very good game, uh, by the way, but 
Yeah, I, I don't agree that we were better. You know, a lot of people saying that we were the better team in the first half. I don't think so. They they literally barely had the ball in the first half, and they they. Yeah, but the, no, they've come. They, they came down the road. They stuck to the game plan, and when they did go forward, they looked threatening every single time. Every single time they went forward, they looked like they were going to score. They were playing really nice one-touch football, and they took their chances. Because we had a, the reason for that is because we had a lack of energy in the midfield. Uh, Forshaw was so constantly out of position that th- it, it was easy for people like Tom Tribal and Mario Rancic just to go on 30-yard runs into the middle of our half without getting challenged. Uh, Click were, was was leggy, and uh, although he had a decent-ish first half, he, he he wasn't closing down the midfielders quick enough. So they they were they were they were just coming through our midfield too easily, and and that meant they spent far too much time on the edge of our box which ended up in the opening five minutes to Janssen needlessly tripping up uh, Rancic which he didn't need to do he should have just shielded him out but yeah, uh, it was it was a good strike to be fair but also Forshaw turning his back in the wall is yeah. a bottle job move yeah. I would like that on record it is a bottle job move turning your back in a wall yeah I mean we'll get on to the goals in a second but yeah for me going on to the first half a lot of people saying we were better first half I mean we kept all the possession yeah, but we didn't do anything with it. We had a load of shots marked over box, hopeless shots. We only had about one one good effort, I think, and that was Harrison really early on in the, in the half. Um, uh, I remember Roof, as soon as we went 2-0 down, Roof, straight up from the kickoff, ran straight through there. Alioski had that volley that went just wide. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's about it, really. We, we had over possession, created barely anything. Um, yeah, that that that's my opinion. I, I personally don't think we were good throughout this entire game. If Rufi had scored that goal just after that, we conceded our second. I mean, that that would have been yeah. one of the goals of the season. Yeah. He, he just ran through their team. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of talking points though that could have changed the game, but we'll, we'll start with the lineup though. So Bielsa, of course, naming this lineup two days before the actual game, and he, third time he's done it this season. He did it against QPR, did it I think against Stoke, um, and then did it uh, for, for this game um, against uh, Norwich. Third time he's done it. Third time we've lost. Do you think that Bielsa needs to stop giving his full starting eleven? We play the same lineup every week anyway, so I don't. I don't think it has that much of an impact, especially the last three or four weeks. All Farker has to do is look the stand up against Rotherham, the lineup against Stoke, the lineup against not that much lineup against QPR, but those that last few games, um, and he'll he'll see at Forest as well that we play the same lineup near enough every week, with obviously with the exceptions of injuries, but. Uh, he'd, he'd find out injuries in the press conference with Farco anyway, regardless of whether Bielsa releases lineup. So yeah. I don't think that has any effect. Yeah, well, I've, I personally think, I mean, you know, the proof today, he's given it out three times, lost all, all three times. I think that he just does need to stop and give it out just an hour before kickoff. That, that's my personal opinion. I mean, it does make it easy for us journalists to when he gets to tweeting it out and all that, because uh, we can, we can uh, save it in advance. But yeah, for me, it needs to stop doing that. Uh, but, but I mean, the lineup, I mean, a lot of things in there which I would have changed. Phillips should have been in there for for sure. And then you know, a big boost though when the lineup came out though because I think it was the Leeds United twenty threes game early on that day. Uh, Bamford wasn't involved, so I think everyone got a big boost like, oh, Bamford's going to be involved against Norwich. Isn't I it? actually thought he'd be injured. <laughs> Did you think? I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought he wasn't in the twenty threes lineup or on the bench because uh, he'd re injured himself. Well, Bielsa didn't. Bielsa didn't. Um, you know, state that in, in the press conference. I yeah, was thinking, well, true. You know, if Bamford's going to be injured, unless he picked up a knot, but nothing had been released by Leeds United. No, Phil Hay hadn't tweeted anything. And, yeah, he was pitched on the pitch and Bamford back. And Barry Douglas back as well. Big boost for Leeds United. 
Yeah, Bamford came on for 15 minutes and scored. I mean, in uh, I saw a stat that said Bamford's played 110 minutes in a lead shirt this season and he scored twice. <laughs> so that's, what, uh, 55 minutes per goal. It's probably one of the best conversion rates in the championship for minutes on the pitch. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a he's big. He's a clinical finisher. He's got a good strike on him. He's there's a reason he was our marquee signing for the for the summer transfer window. Is because he's a good striker in this league. He's yeah, a very good striker in this league. I would actually like to see him in a front two with Roof, but that I don't think that will happen. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, I can see wholesale changes. To be honest, against Borough, I actually reckon Bamford will start. Uh, as for Douglas, he played poorly in the Norwich game. He's played poorly for a few weeks now, and that's and that's not me calling him out or any kind of grudge against him. But he he came on as a sub in the game, and he was just not effective. No. I mean, a big boost though to have these players back. Definitely, that's that players fit, yeah. Yeah, and Patrick Bamford he ended up being the only highlight of this game, but we'll get into the game uh, um, properly soon. Um, but the bench for this game looking really, really strong. We had Calvin Phillips. Uh, we had Calvin Phillips, uh, of course, Bamford, Douglas, uh, Jack Clark on the bench as well. You know, you're looking at the bench thinking, all right, we do actually have players yeah. here who can come on and make an impact, which you haven't had for the past few weeks. At two o'clock in the afternoon, I was incredibly optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, was, I was slightly less so at five. Two o'clock? No, uh, well. Half four. Half four, oh, should, yeah, yeah, sorry. It was a late, late kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah. I should know, I was actually at the game. Yeah, come on, Charles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, later on. Sorry, half four. But yeah, I was, I was actually optimistic about it. Um, it's nice to have more experienced players on the bench. I, I was, I like to see Jack Clark on the bench. I didn't think he was. He was kind of like the. Um, he was moderately effective, I think, when he came on. He was. He, he sort of gave their fullbacks something to think about when we attacked, and he, he he got into their into the box a couple of times, but they just defended very well. Yeah. I remember one time he got the ball straight across the face of goal, but it was. Hooked off the line, I think by um, I think it was Max Irons who yeah. bo- booted it off the line. But yeah, the he had a, he had a decent game. He probably had a six point five out of ten, yeah. which is one of the higher marks out of the team, to be honest. I given. mean, yeah, like you, I, I was fairly optimistic um, looking at the uh, not just the lineup but, but the bench as well. I was fairly optimistic and knowing that Jack Clark he could come on and make a big difference. I was like, yeah, it could be going good, but it was nothing like that. Uh, first half, it would said it, you said we were better side. I don't think we were at all. We had a possession uh, but didn't create anything. Norwich came, stuck to the game plan, took the chances. Uh, of course, one of the chances did come in the first five minutes. Uh, Pontus Janssen, needless challenge really. Definitely was a, was a, a foul, but it didn't need to make it. I think Cooper was there to cover um, yeah, there was two or three defenders around him. You, you, at, that, at that point, you just uh, shepherd him, him back or out wide or stop him from turning round if, he, if, he, if he's trying to feed back to players. And you just eventually you'll win the ball back. There's no, there's no danger there. Yeah. Um, but as I say, that's because the screening midfielder didn't didn't stop him running running that far up the pitch. Yeah, I mean, I know Buendia is a very good player. I think, uh, and he, he was. I think it was Vanjic who got fouled, but one day was nearby, and Andes was hovering nearby, and they were, they were, they were looking for options, and maybe if Pontus hadn't fouled him, they'd have scored anyway. We don't know, but it uh, opened in five minutes to give to give a free kick away, twenty five yards yeah, from goal in, that in the in the centre of the box. Um, is is bad. You can't be doing that. Yeah, very good position I was in, and you take your hats off for that free kick. It was well struck for sure. You know, coming out again, getting deflection. I don't think it would have mattered. I think he. Vancic, he struck it well. He'd have it anyway. Yeah, I think he was always going in. Casilla were nowhere near it as well. and It's not like Casilla's like, like, um, like seven foot tall and can uh, reach anything. I don't think you can blame him. That's far enough in the corner no, for No, I'm, I'm not blaming him. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, 
it looked like he was nowhere near, but a free kick was struck well. Um, of course, I won the up after five minutes. Not good at all. I mean, no. we, didn't, we didn't look phased by it, you know. But that's my problem, though. We, we never look phased. I mean, even in the second half, when we're 2 0 down, we're just playing like we were 2 0 up, but we'll get on to that. Uh, but quite a lot of target points in this match. I think the, the big one was Tim Crewley maybe should have been sent off. Uh, I think he should be sent off. He, uh, Roberts was in on goal. It was, a, I think it was a, a good ball off Alioski. Yeah. No, th- Hernandez was launched Hernandez? the ball forward. Yeah, uh, uh, dropped nicely for Roberts. He, um, yeah, he chipped it over Tim Cruel, and then Tim Cruel came out and just caught him really clattered badly him. on the follow through. Yeah, it wasn't even a decent challenge. It was he just clattered him. Yeah, uh, how he got away with the yellow card? There was no defender within ten yards of Roberts for, for me. If if Cruel hadn't have rushed out. Roberts was in on goal. Yeah, goal scoring opportunity. Stopping a goal scoring opportunity by the letter of the law is a red card. Do you think though, if Roberts didn't get the shot off though, then it would have been a red card because he did get the shot from the end. No, the the referee never looked like he was going to give a red. Uh, he he always looked he always looked like he was going to give out a yellow. You can always tell with referees when they're about to give out a red because they they don't really pleased with themselves and really uh, I mean, I'm not trying to slag off all referees here but they do get kind of yeah. power hungry the, the Mike Deans of this world love giving out red cards in a, <laughs> in a look at look at me I'm the big man routine but yeah it never looked like it was going to be a red but it definitely was though it came out just absolutely clattered it was a red it was a red though yeah yeah uh, referee he really had a poor game this game let a lot of stuff go which was really annoying Norwich but putting in all kinds of challenges. Roberts, again, should have had a penalty because he got tripped up while he was running in. Yep, that, that was the next big thing. Yeah, Roberts uh, on, the, on the edge of a penalty area, right in the corner. Someone just came up behind him and just pushed him just, over. Just pu- just pushed him straight Literally over. Literally just ran up behind him and just pushed him <laughs> over. Referees right in front of him. It as happened well. a few times. Roof got shoved over a couple of times as well. Yeah. And he got, Roof got blocked off, which you're not allowed to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, the, the biggest thing that annoyed me in the game was Ayling's disallowed goal yeah, yeah. Was that after we'd gone 2-0 down or before? It was at 2-0 we, he, he scored it. Yeah, well, let's go on to the second goal, first of all. I mean, this second goal, it's hard to explain the... You know, in the stadium, there's quite a lot of noise. And then as soon as they score, it's just turned to silent. I don't even think... I, I, one, I don't think people could believe that the goal had actually like gone in and been allowed because Pookie had looked a mile offside, even though he wasn't offside. I don't even think Norwich fans no, the, realized the, it. Had gone the in. Norwich fans didn't celebrate for about ten seconds because they <laughs> yeah. were because they, they were looking for the offside flag. Um, yeah, linesmen were running back to centre circle. And I was like, "What's the goal, isn't it?" Uh, yeah, um, for me, it was a bit weird because it, 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 I think it was an, there was an announcement going on at the time, and then nobody looked like they were concentrating. Norwich all leads; they weren't really concentrating. And then Janssen dived in about five seconds too early, and so then. It, and then um, deflection just yeah, felt like the, the, too pooky it, 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 it happened a lot in the game Norwich got a lot of kind of I'm not saying that just to be salty or to moan because that's not the reason they won they played well they deserved it they won but a lot of, a lot of they had a lot of kind deflections where the, the ball just fell straight to the right player at the right time in the right position and this this was the biggest one because it, it just flew off Jansen, Jansen's ankle and um I think Casir had already dived because it was obviously the shot was going. To yeah, Casir go- was in no man's land, didn't he? Well, he he dived because he thought the shot was coming through. He didn't realise that Janssen was going to block it, yeah. and then it, it just fell straight to Pookie's feet about eight or nine yards from goal. It's just a tapping, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a tapping. But for sure here though, losing it in midfield. He does. He does it a lot. Doing? What is it? What is Forshaw doing here? He thinks he has all the time in the world on the ball. He doesn't. 
He's in a dangerous area. Just get rid of it. Don't mess about. And he trips over the ball, loses it, and then they go on to score. But Forshaw here, he's the cause of this. Forrest, he caused the goal. Uh, Stoke, he was actually responsible for a for, for, uh, first goal. He costs us a lot of points. Yeah. I don't think I think he's a bit of a passenger in this team, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever offered enough to justify his selection over yeah. Calvin Phillips in the DM role. Yeah, and from what we were saying last week, you know, he needs to be, probably needs to be further forward. I don't think he's that type of player to having that such an important role. And we really did need Calvin Phillips. We kind of missed him. Do you feel as though that we kind of need two players in, mid- in holding midfield? Because I, I always feel as though our midfield is just non-existent at times. The, the problem with playing Bielsa's style of play is that all the midfielders kind of go to one side of the pitch or the other and they push really far forward. So if you put a decent through ball through or whip a decent ball forward or out wide, you've got a chance of getting caught out. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, getting counter-attacks is is part of the game when you play the style that Bielsa does. But I don't think we should play two all-in midfielders because... I think we we at the moment we've been playing too deep anyway, and two, two holding midfielders aren't going to help us. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? We're, we're playing too deep. I mean, you know, the start of the season we're playing really nice football, pressing really high. Now we're just sitting really deep and just launching long balls forward. Only one player presses at a time. Notice that now. Yeah. Uh, the defence never come out of the middle of our half. The midfield rarely go over the halfway line. Playing uh, same football as pretty much every other championship team. Launching really the ball weird. to roof, and we lose it. And that's yeah. what happened against Stoke. It's what. Happened for the first half against Rotherham. It's what happened uh, in this game, really. We didn't push far forward this game. Uh, Click was always hovering around the halfway line. Like, you need to be pushing on. You yeah. need to be having a go. Yeah. You, can't, you can't play this style of play, passing between each other, if you're going to stay behind the halfway line because people just catch you out. And it happened in the, in the Norwich game t- about 20 times. I saw uh, Tom Tribal or Mario Vrancic or in, in the last stage of the game, Alex Tete, just nick the ball off roof or nick the ball off click or nick the ball off foreshore in particular. Yeah. And, and then they'd be in immediately, rushing forward. Wings would come forward. They'd be in. And we'd, we'd either concede a corner or a goal or a free kick or something stupid we didn't need to concede. Mm. Yeah, I just don't understand what's happened to our style of play. Um, then, of course, they got 2-0 down. Roof, as, as we mentioned, really good chance when the straight through the defence almost scored. Um, but then, of course, we disallowed goal as well. I don't see why he disallowed this. Um, it's foul and cruel was the reason for it. But um, for me... It, 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 for me, Krill came out and Jansen's got his back to him. He's trying to win the ball with a header. It's not like he's purposely gone into him. No, it's sure the goal should have stood. Uh, you're allowed to challenge keepers in the air for the ball. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like there was any hands in the back. There was no pushing. There was no shoving. There was no uh, kicking kicking Krull at all. They, but everyone jumped up. Krull failed to reach the ball because Jansen was... I mean, you could arguably say that Jansen was blocking him a little bit. But Krull failed to reach the ball. It fell to Ailing about... 10-ish yards out and he, he lashed it in yeah. and we all um, I won't say we all thought we scored because we I expected it to be given as a foul to be honest <laughs> uh, not 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 initially of course you're happy you score but then you think oh maybe that was a bit dodgy and you know what referees are like in this league they're awful yeah. Um, but yeah that was I reckon if you, if you score when you're um, only 2-0 down not because we scored when we were 3-0 down it's far too late then but yeah. if we'd have scored then early in the second half it could we could have possibly pushed on and got and got a point, but we'll we'll never know, will we? Yeah, I mean, I think we're just uh, yeah, 
try, trying to pick at anything that we can really. But I mean, definitely, if Crew mm. got sent off at one 0 down, if Ailing's goal stood when we're two 0 down, it, it would have been a different game completely. Fine margins. But the second half, just no excuses, just shambolic. It, it was awful. Yeah, they. What was expected was that we would come out and we'd realise that we'd we're in deep trouble here and then we need to bring bring up a good performance. And what happened was uh, heads were dropped dropped a little bit. We we would for some reason we were dropping even deeper rather than going forward. We were just getting caught out all yeah. the time. It was like we were two 0 up. Yeah. We were passing around the back like we were like we were two 0 up and then we were in comfortable position when it we was, were. It was casual. There was not there was no penetration and then Roof lost his head eventually and it was. Um, I won't say he was fortunate to stay on the pitch because he didn't do anything, but he was. He was. He, I don't imagine he was far off uh, nutting Tim Krull <laughs> at, at one point, um, and it was only really because he, he, uh, him, Cooper, and the referee had a word at one point because Roof had um, almost got booked, almost got his second booking for because he got booked for a foul, and then he almost got a second one for dissent because um, you, you could you could hear him, you could, you could hear him, you could see him. Uh, Mouth the the f word at the referee. I could, I saw it when when, he, when the um, referee was just giving the throwings random. It was like he was flipping a coin as to whose turn it was to take a throwing. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, so he was getting frustrated at that. It was frustrated that he was getting fouled a lot. I mean, as a striker, you do get fouled a lot. Look at uh, Zaha; he gets fouled all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just poor in the second half. Yeah, and I was really really frustrated to watch. What do you make of his two substitutions at half time? Of course. Uh, Jack Harrison, he went off for Jack Clark, and then Pablo Hernandez, he came, up, he came off for Barry Douglas. Barry Douglas went to left back, Alioski moved further forward. What do you make of that? Because for me, I think it was so clear how how much we lacked creativity going forward when Hernandez went off. It was, but he wasn't playing well. He was giving the ball away a lot. He was making poor passes. Yeah, um, yeah he had his usual moments of brilliance, which he just come up with, like the ball through to Roberts and that. But a lot of the time, he was just he was just losing the ball. And it, I actually didn't think Harrison was playing that poorly either. He's one-dimensional, Jack Harrison. Only has his left foot for me. Yeah, that does get really annoying when he when he when he, when he runs down the right and defenders are already piling up on his left foot because they know he's never going to hit it through on his right. Yeah, and it's just really annoying. Yeah. just like have a go. I mean, for me, with the wingers, Alioski's better on the right and Jack Harrison's better on the left. Yeah, mainly because he, he can run around the outside then. Yeah. And, and Alioski's really good at cutting in and getting a strike on goal with his left. Yeah, he is, but he, he also gets caught out from time to time again. Yeah. Um, but I I understand that, obviously, 2-0 down, drastic measures needed, substitutions at half-time. I, ex- I told you during the game that I expected changes at half-time, and they came. It wasn't a ex- change I was expecting. I was hoping that Calvin Phillips was going to come on. Yeah, I think everyone around us was saying, Calvin Phillips, please come on, because four shows having a very poor game when we're missing Calvin Phillips. With- uh, yeah, and we yeah, we, we were talking about Bamford, and you were saying, oh, he's just come back from injury, and he won't get brought on at half-time, and you were right, he got brought on at about 77, 78 minutes. I think it was six, early 60 minutes. No, I'm sure I'll have to check that. I'm sure it was later than that. Yeah, 60 odd. Right, check it. <laughs> a lot live check in the studio. Yeah, I'm telling you. Patrick Bamford, he came on in the 63rd, 63rd minute. Oh, fair enough. I thought he came on later than that, but no, it seemed like it. Uh, it didn't seem like he was on the pitch that long. Maybe it's just because I was just, we were all just waiting to leave. Because <laughs> it, 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 the game had been lost by then. But yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, very hard to affect a game. One fair, an 18 year old to come on and affect a game in Jack Clark. And you turn it down, and then Bamford, who's, who's playing, he's, he's just come back from from injury again um, to affect the game as well. Um, touching that though, Barry Douglas, he had a very poor game. Um, I left back when he came on at half time, but yeah, for me, Phillips should have come on at half time. 
Um, but yeah, just, uh, second half, we just like there's no excuses for that. No, heads had dropped by yeah. then. Patrick Bamford uh, being the only highlight of the game when we went 3 0 down, their third goal, I mean, it goes through Casillas' legs. Um, I mean, it was, it was just poor one to concede, really, really disappointed to concede. It's poor goalkeeping, but it's poor defending as well. Uh, it, it, no one closed him down. He got the shots off easily. I, I mean, he did take at least one deflection, maybe even two. Yeah. It looked like it took two for me, the goal. And Francis scores, and it's 3-0. And it's, it's pretty much game over, because there was only like 10, 12 minutes left. So pretty much game over. Uh, we do get a consolation, though, which could be massive. With Patrick Bamford, who was at Barry Douglas' corner, Patrick Bamford header um, getting into the back of the net. 3-1, but that goal could be massive at the end of the season. Yeah, goal difference is always important. Um, it only leaves us two behind them now when we, we, could, we could have been three. Yeah. Not insurmountable. These um, fans didn't know the maths singing top of, we're top of the league. Yeah, I, I pointed that out during the stadium, didn't I? I said we're not we're not top because if they won by a single goal margin, they went above us. Um, yeah, but, but it, it didn't look, it looked like anyone was marking him for the corner. So I think Norwich weren't really bothered because they'd already won the game. Yeah. He, he, he had a free header, but and not to, not to kind of discredit him because it was a good finish. It was flicked yeah, up his head, yeah. and it, uh, it went straight past Krull, yeah. uh, who seemed to be annoyed at lo- losing his clean sheet bonus at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it went up to headbutt Patrick Bamford, didn't he? He planted his head on him. Yeah. <laughs> that did happen. I'd, I'd be annoyed if we got a ban for that, but we would get a ban for that. That's yeah, we fact. would get a ban, and the EFL they've already come out and just dismissed it, <laughs> which is really, really annoying. Well, Cruel claimed that um, Bamford had started on Ben, ben Godfrey. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the kind of context of that was. Um, I know it's obviously centre back and striker. You're always kind of a bit on edge with each other, but um, yeah, there was a few words said, and it was uh, Ben Godfrey were there, and and he was, and there was another guy there. I'm not sure. I, I couldn't see who it was. It was quite far away, and then Kroll came charging over, plants his head on Bamford, and um, and just, just shouts in his face, and uh, no, nothing happens. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I'm <laughs> I'd be lying if I if I if I, if I, if I, had, if I said uh, I didn't say to you in the stadium that Bamford should have definitely just knocked him out straight there and then. <laughs> it's, it's what the rest of us felt like doing, but yeah. maybe that was just the emotions running high. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't, mean, don't advocate violence in football, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just emotions running high. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, Patrick Bamford coming on uh, from coming back from injury and scoring again. Uh, Big, big highlight for me. Patrick Bamford, he'll, he starts for the next game because Reef had a very poor game here. For me, Patrick Bamford starts going forward. Yeah, um, if it'd be interesting to see if he's got it in his legs to do ninety minutes, but I don't think he'd do ninety minutes anyway. He'd probably do sixty, and then Roof would get the last thirty. Um, but I expect him to start against Middlesbrough. I think Bielsa will go with rapid changes for this. Yeah, <laughs> Phillips will start, Bamford will start, and betting you. And yeah, well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get onto our team lineups when okay. we preview. I do uh, apologise when we preview Middlesbrough. Uh, but yeah, of course, I finished three-one consolation goal. I'll take it. Um, but really disappointing though. You lose now against promotion rivals Norwich. We drop down to second uh, on they go above us on goal difference. Ch- joint top chance to go six points clear as well. Yeah, chance to go six points clear at the top. Just wasted. Now we're three points clear again of uh, third place. Um, Sheffield United. Yeah, just really, really disappointing. But I, I just don't want to dwell on that. I, yeah, I've, I've just got over it. And now we've been talking about it again. I've just uh, got even more depressed. We're, we're all dead inside after yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, they're just really bad. Uh, but moving on to the under-23s, though, much better week for them. Uh, two all draw away at Birmingham last Saturday. It's at the Birmingham City training ground, if you really want to know the ins and outs. Um, <laughs> Izzy Brown getting on the score sheet again. A uh, 96th minute equaliser. 
So yeah, he, 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 he obviously going to fit right in with these last minute, last minute important goals. Yeah, he scored off a free kick um, in, just in the last minute. I imagine Leeds have been throwing men forward; and they just won it, and he's, he's, he scored it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he's he's. I think that's what is that three? Um, is that four goals in three games now for him? He's, he's definitely scored three or four in the last few games. Um, he seems to be scoring all the time for you in twenty threes. Yeah, my my mate is a uh, is a Donny fan. He's basically saying, you, "Are you just cheating having Izzy Brown in the under twenty three? It's like it's not cheating. He's under the age of twenty three. <laughs> it's like just because he's he's better than most of the players, yeah. and he's he's good enough to be in the first team. Um, but yeah, he's, he, the, he, the under twenty three's had a good week. He had a good week. Um, Rob Price is basically saying that he's perfectly fit now. It's up to him to impress Bielsa. So that would imply that he. But surely he's impressing Bielsa when he's scoring all the time for him in twenty threes. Yeah, but Bielsa wants him. Per- perfectly match fit in perfect condition and which will take another three or four games but, yeah. the expected return for him would be um, Bolton at home I think yeah but for me he's rushed Bamford back he's rushed Douglas back he rushed Aylin back and yeah for, for me he should rush Izzy Brown back because he's obviously doing very well for in 23s can't, I mean can't, yeah just can't be long until he's back in that first team we do need him on the at least on the bench as an option to bring on but um, yeah yeah, it'd be nice to see him back soon because we we need a bit of a bit of a creative spark. Yeah, I, I would love to see him involved in the uh, Middlesbrough game on Saturday, uh, um, or at least for, by the Swansea game. Uh, I think if it comes come to Swansea next week. I think yeah, he, he should he should be involved at some point. If of course he's he doesn't get injured this week. Um, <laughs> Um, we must yeah. be due one by now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely Izzy, Izzy Brown, very, very good, very big hi- uh, highlight there in the 23s to watch out for, and hopefully he is involved in the first team soon. Uh, but going on to the Middlesbrough game uh, this Saturday, of course, Leeds United away at the Riverside. Charles, this is a big game, but I guess every game for us now is just absolutely massive. People saying we've got 16 cup finals left. Yeah, um, I think Sheffield United have got Aston Villa away, so that's a tough game. And. Uh, Norwich have got the East Anglian Derby, so that even though it's at your bottom, that's always a tough game for them. Yeah, East Anglian Derby, you, you never know what's going to happen in that. That's their only derby, so you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think Norwich will comfortably beat Ipswich, but Sheffield United may not beat Aston Villa, especially given it's at Villa Park. So it could be a few chance uh, a chance to go a few more points clear of third, which is the, obviously the main goal. Um, but yeah. I, <laughs> the people spending an afternoon in Middlesbrough, you have my, <laughs> you have my commiserations. I hope you come <laughs> on with three points. Uh, I, I'm not going to the game because we struggle to get tickets, and it's not even on TV as well. One o'clock kickoff on Saturday, it's not even on TV. I'm Shambles. gonna have to watch, watch it on a stream with my dad, <laughs> yeah, as I always do when we're not when we're not a game. There's not yeah. on TV. I'm, 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 I am looking forward to it. We've, it is a must win. Yeah, we're, we definitely do need a win, especially after Norwich loss. Um, yeah, so if you want to know the teams around us, uh, Norwich, of course, at East Anglia and Derby on Sunday. Uh, West Brom are away at Stoke on the Saturday evening, so Don't that'll be on that. TV. Um, definitely be watching that. Aston Villa, Sheffield United this Friday. Um, and then, of course, we're away um, at Middlesbrough. Um, so yeah, some tough games, really, for, for the teams around us. Hopefully, a few of them drop points. It could be that weekend where we get a really good result a big result and then uh, and, uh, other teams drop points yes yeah, it's Villa's opportunity to jump into the playoffs as well so they'll want to beat Sheffield United so that could come up handy for us um, but yeah it, it's always nice <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not rely on other teams to be dropping points I want us to pick up three points and then have a nice little look down the run of results and see if anyone's done us any favours I don't like I don't like dropping points needlessly and having to go, oh, at least they've lost, at least they've drawn. It's not a nice feeling, is it? No. 
you always like to look at thinking, right, we've got three points. Who's done us a favour this yeah. week? Scroll down the results. You like, you like, I mean, it is in our hands, and you like to keep it in your hands as well. Uh, but what can you see happening here? It's going to it's going to be a very tough game, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I can see this being a draw. If I'm being honest, yeah, I, I think it, they they don't score many goals. They don't concede many goals, though. Um, they're pretty negative. We are not creating much at the moment. We're on bad form. They're on good. They're, they had a good result in the last game, but yeah, they're on okay form. Yeah, really good result in the last championship game. Um, Did us a favour as well. <laughs> yeah, three uh, two win away at West Brom, unbeaten in the last five championship games. That's seen them go to uh, fifth in the playoffs and uh, on fifty points, so just seven behind us. In the last game, though, they did lose uh, away um, at uh, Newport two uh, nil on Tuesday night. Yeah, two nil. Yeah, two nil away at uh, Newport. So I mean. A bad loss there, and they did play uh, six first-teamers, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah. A, a bad result there for them. And to, Could Titans play a factor now? I mean, go to Newport from Middlesbrough. is a long, long trip for midweek, and we've had a week's rest. Um, I know that you were saying before, uh, off-air, off where uh, you were saying, yeah, we had a week's rest last week, but so did Norwich. But Middlesbrough, they've had to go down to Newport midweek. So could Titans be a factor in this game? I don't think it'll play as much of a factor as the fact that Clayton and Bezic and people like and Gestead have annoyed their fans at Newport by not caring that much the fact they've dropped out of the cup when they had a chance to go to play in Man, uh, Man City the, their fans will be on the backs I imagine especially if we, we get an early goal or we look threatening early um, there's, there's a lot of discontent at Middlesbrough Football Club at the moment uh, they are in the playoffs they are where they probably would I think they would expect to be in the top two but they're in the playoffs they're, they're not and they, I, I don't think they're in the top two race, but they're not definitely not out of the playoff race whatsoever. They're comfortably in the playoffs, but uh, that that and tiredness could all play a factor. Um, mind you, we're not the most happy fans at the moment because we've lost five of the last seven. But yeah. Um, yeah, we we should go there and think these lot aren't amazing. They've dro- they've dropped a lot of points, particularly at home. Yeah, they've got really poor home form. I mean, the last loss in the championship did was a one the loss uh, at home against Sheffield Wednesday, so not good home record at all this season. Yeah, Wednesday are <laughs> not very good, or they weren't very good up until recently, um, purely because they had a bad manager and they've had a lot of injuries as well. But anyway, enough about Wednesday. <laughs> uh, but Borough will, will prove a, a tough challenge because we know what Pulis is about. It came to Allen Road in August and it was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> the no, boring, drab, no no. It was, it was dreadful. And yeah. they, they did exactly what we expected them to do launch balls up to their giants. They've got. Um, <laughs> And uh, long throws and set pieces and things like that, and it, it was just dull. And of course, everyone's favourite footballer on the planet, Daniel Ayala, will be returning, and we'll see him again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I guess, yeah, I guess the, you know their poor home form. We could look at that, and that could uh, boost us. And also, if their their fans, home fans, get on their backs really quickly, then that that could play in our hands because I think I think it plays into quite a lot of um, teams' hands when they come down the road because. Leeds fans are quick to get on the team's back because we demand very, very high success, which we shouldn't really apologise for. But yeah, I, I do think it, it, will, it could play a factor if their fans turn their back. I wouldn't say we demand success. The minimum I would demand is show your quality and show your effort. Mm-hmm. If you if you play to the absolute maximum you are able to as a footballer, if even if you're not that good, you're not going to get stick off Leeds fans. Do you not agree though that we that we do get on the on the backs quite quite quickly? Not quickly. I've, 
No, I, w- I wouldn't honestly say that because I don't. No one minds players making the odd mistake, and Hernandez makes the odd mistake. No one, no one really gets on his back. But it's when, like in the in the Norwich game, where Ailing lost the ball about three times in about five minutes, yeah, and the on the third time, fans were getting angry at him because he just picked up the ball and would pass it to a Norwich player or turn around and lose it, and they'd they'd be in then. And it it's not. I want. I wouldn't say it's we, we demand success or we demand everything to be perfect because we don't. We recognise the championship players, the mistakes. But if you're making repeated mistakes and you're letting the team down, you're showing a, la- a lack of effort or just the fact you don't care, that's not acceptable. You're on thousands and thousands of pounds a week. You've got fans that if you if you play well, they'll love you. It's absolutely no excuse for not keeping your head up in a game, staying in a game, and 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 trying to create something or trying to, trying to plays the best of your ability. Um, Middlesbrough fans, I imagine, want the same thing. Of course, their standard of play they witness is a lot worse, but they, they they want their players to be winning headers, they want winning second balls, they want things like that. And if they're not doing that, if the players look jaded or they don't, don't care, they're going to get on the backs. Yeah. Um, it definitely will be interesting, though. Um, and hopefully Leeds United can do the job and pick up the win. I mean, it's very important that we do win, of course, joint top, but not as your head on goal difference. It's very important that we do pick up the three points. Uh, what would you change in the lineup? Um, you know, touching it throughout this podcast, but the lineup for, for me, Phillips back in defensive midfield ahead of Forshaw. For me, Ailing had a very, very poor game against Norwich. So Shackleton, Shackleton goes yeah. in at right back. I mean. I thought it was really unfair to drop Shackleton at the, at the time. Ailing come back from injury just straight into that team lineup against Aston Villa. Didn't really play too well. Shackleton was on the form of his life back then. So, yeah, I've, it didn't feel like he'd got into the lineup on merit. It felt like he got into the lineup because he's a just because he's in quotation marks a first team player. Yeah, just because he's he's Luke Ailing. He come with the big name. For me, Shackleton was just so much better. And yeah, for me, Shackleton goes in ahead of Ailing. Uh, as, as on the wings, I feel as though. Hernandez, a lot of people saying he's better on the wing. I felt it was really, really slow and lethargic. So for me, he goes as a number 10. Um, that's me personally and gets that freedom in the middle. Um, Tyler Roberts stays in. Tyler Roberts, very, very good game against Norwich. Very, very impressive. Would you put Roberts out wide then? I'd keep Roberts in number 10. He was very, very good against Norwich. I'm really, really you can't play. You can't play Hernandez Roberts. and Roberts in the number 10, can you? you got yeah, you one. can. You can have two number 10s, mate. That's what we play. No, we don't play two number tens. We play. We play holding midfield and two midfielders in front of him. Yeah, so you you, you drop in Klitsch then. Yeah, right. Okay. I, I drop Klitsch. Mis- misunderstood you there, but yeah. all, all right, I, I, I'll, I'll yeah. take that. We well, uh, do play two attacking midfielders. No, oh, well, I wouldn't say we've, the, the the click role is an attacking midfield role. It's more like a linking role between the defense yeah. and the attack. But um, yeah, uh, I, I I'd keep Robertson as well. I thought he played well. I, yeah. he, he faded in the game though. He started off very brightly, and as the yeah. game went on, it, it, it was just the second half. But everyone was part of the second half. Yeah. He, he, he he does that a bit though. He does fade a bit, but we can always sub him off in the game if he's yeah. we can stick Mateus Click back yeah. on. There's no problem with that. Definitely for me, Tyler Roberts uh, stays in the team. Very very impressive on the wings. I mean, for me, Douglas goes back at left back because it's Barry Douglas and Alioski gets dropped to give him you know just to kick up the backside, think, saying you know you haven't played well the past few games. Well, Douglas hasn't played well last few times he's played either. No, well, it was his first game back, the last mm. game, just back from injury. I think he should be more fresh for this game. Um, and then on the wings, I think Jack Clark starts on the right, and then probably Jack Harrison on the left, and then Bamford up front. That's that's me personally. Uh, what about you? I'd probably say similar, but you don't really like starting Jack Clark, do you? Not you personally. 
anyone. You know, it's not. But anything to get Jack Jack Harrison on that left hand side and someone else and someone else on the right. Yeah. And anything for Alioski to not start because he's been very very poor. Yeah. Very very poor against yeah, the match. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go for someone similar. The, yeah. the, the main thing, though, is that Phillips returns to the defensive midfield role. Yeah. The, the rest of the changes I could live without. Yeah. I mean, I'd, 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 I'd Bamford, do you think he goes in? Uh, yeah, he does, but that's not as crucial as uh, Phillips in the yeah. defensive midfield F- Phillips role. needs to be in that defensive midfield role. For sure, needs w- dropping. W- wouldn't be a nightmare if Roof started the game and Bamford came on. That's, that wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, It is the end of the world if Forshaw starts in the DM role again after about six terrible performances in a row yeah, with the exception of the derby game because he was good in the derby yeah, game but definitely. that's, that's mainly because they were just poor few Shackleton at right back as well yeah but there, there are downsides to Shackleton's game though he does drift too far forward he's not very tall so he doesn't win headers so and against Middlesbrough winning headers is a big factor it, um, we, we saw Ellen Road they won a lot of headers and arguably they should have had some penalties the amount of times so we were dragging them over yeah. mind you we got we showed a couple of penalty shots as well so it probably even did its way out not get, either of us not getting one mm. but um, yeah it's the kind of game you'd like a ton of Berardi to be playing in wouldn't you yeah a bit, a bit of passion a bit of yeah, get definitely. up and go a bit of, bit of endeavour but um, yeah I'd like, I'd like to see Shackleton at right back because he, he yeah. He put he puts some of the balls alien puts in the box are awful. Whereas Shackleton's balls, <laughs> as innuendo as that is, uh, the balls that Shackleton puts in the box are usually quite good. Yeah. It, uh, although Jack Clark likes his uh, fizzing kind of grass cutter balls, um, <laughs> uh, Shackleton likes whipping the aerial ones. Ed shaking his head for the people who are listening. <laughs> uh, my unintentional innuendos. Um, Pablo Hernandez for you, wing or in the middle? I like him on the wing. I do. do I? I, d- I don't like him on the wing at all. No, I like him on the wing because uh, I, I sometimes think he just gets crowded in the, in the attacking field role. He, yeah. d- he just people because he, he's not. You need someone who's energetic in that role. I I like Roberts in the in the number ten, ten role because he's he's drifting about, he's picking the ball up. He's very very, very good against Norwich as well. So I don't think he he's can got, drop him now. He's got tricks and turns, admittedly. So does Hernandez, but Hernandez needs the space. He's not got the legs for it, so the space to look up, receive the ball. Find find that whip that ball in, find the pass because he'll have a couple of seconds when he's out wide. You don't have a couple of seconds at number ten. You pick up the ball and there's someone in your face yeah. immediately. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, left back. I mean, if Alioski has to play, then he has to play because Barry Douglas may not be you know fully 100 percent to start this game. But um, yeah, we shall see. But definitely Phillips in defensive midfield for sure. Definitely Shackleton in for Ailing at right back, unless B also does think that height is going to be a factor. And definitely for me, Bamford up front for Roof. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, predictions. Finally, how do you see this one playing out? One all. One all. Yeah. It's hard not to disagree with one all, um, but I never go against Leeds. So I'm going to go two one Leeds. Uh, I can't see scoring two goals at that place. To be honest, you know, yeah. If we win, it'll be one nil. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if, yeah, if we do win, it could probably it's going to be one nil. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, I can never go against Leeds. So I can see Middlesbrough scoring. I'm, I'll go two one, but one all, I can definitely see that happening. It's hard to disagree with you. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening and uh, tuning in as always. Now, Lord, and very do uh, very much appreciate it. Give us a five star rating on iTunes. That'd be very uh, uh, helpful. Uh, share the podcast as well. Try and get this uh, one out there. Uh, Charles, thank you as always for joining me. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, and we'll be back uh, next week where we do invite uh, Kev or Leeds United Maz onto the podcast. Very much looking forward to that one. Number week after, we will be welcoming uh, Andrew Stats Dalton onto the podcast. Hopefully, all, everything goes well, but uh, that's that's the plan at the moment. Uh, but yeah, as always, thank you very much for listening. For, for all things Leeds, across all of our social media pages, subscribe on YouTube if you have not already. And yeah, until next time, have a good one, and we'll see you later.